This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Tell me up, bro. Check this out. Oh yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. What's good, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting infinity stones. I got the supreme OG, D-Lynn Proctor, in the building. D-Lynn, how you doing, man? Jay Stone, man, I'm good, man. What about you? I'm good, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad to have you on, brother. You know, I, I had to, we broke out some of the good stuff today. Today we drinking some, um, some Billicart salmon, just yeah. just for you. You know what I mean? We 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 brought some some dope stuff out. Um, so let's let's get into the interview, man. You've been extremely busy. Um, now you're one of the stars of the movie Psalm, which has you know it, it was so impactful in the industry. It was a game changer, man. Like, can you talk a little bit about what your life was like pre Psalm and post Psalm? Yeah, it's funny, man. While, while you know, Psalm was obviously um, a very, very major... It, it, what Psalm did, man, was it really reshaped what the wine industry started to look like after its release. And I say that because, you know, a lot of individuals uh, saw what some of age went through and then they figured out, well, I would like to do that. I would like to attempt that. I would like to become that. I would like to... How do you go and work on a restaurant floor? For those that didn't know, obviously the industry has been here forever. Right. But, but some man, you know, just put 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 our profession on a global scale, and I think that's something that we really all uh, appreciated and still appreciate to this day. And it's funny you ask, man. My life before that, man, was was I spent a decade on the restaurant floor, man. I worked in in good restaurants. I worked in great restaurants. I worked in incredible restaurants, man. I I was, you know, fortunate to be involved with operations and opening and building programs, man, building beverage programs, cocktail, wine, et cetera. Uh, while I never went for a three glass award, never attempted to, you know, I had a couple two glasses awards, which basically just means you've got a seller with some depth and some right. breadth, which was something that I was really, really fortunate to do. So yeah, I was a hustling sommelier, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, communicating with guests. I appreciated the experience of, of diners coming in and big groups and six tops and two tops and really making their lives very memorable from being on the floor as a perspective. But at the same time, I was very, very interested in, in opening restaurants and growing business, man. And because I, I and like everybody else and everybody goes through this, this kind of, this kind of metamorphosis, if you will, I was really interested in like, even at that early age, the first decade of my career saying, there's something more, there's right. something bigger. Yes, I never did, but I could one day operate 1000 restaurants for, you know, I don't know, I'll pick on Landry's group for Landry's group or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Never did that. I didn't want to get that carried away with my, my, my aspirations, if you will, but I knew that there was something bigger. And, and yeah, I, I, I found a way to pivot from, from 
being on a restaurant floor to being a, a face of a, of a global brand, you know, like, like pinfolds for the better part of a decade. So yeah, it was, it was a great transition pre, it was a great transition during Psalm, man, but pre-Psalm, it was just, you know, from 2000 to 2010, you know, right, I, was, right. I was, I was that guy on the floor, man. I wanted to be crispy, man. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted the suits to be fit. I wanted the shoes to be, to be dope. I wanted the wrist game to be great. You know, I wanted the tie game to be great. Right. The cravat game, the, the, the ascot game. So that was my life, man. Got, well, I was going to ask about the, the GQ best, best dress Psalm situation, but, um, you know, <laughs> that just answered itself pretty much. Um, let's yeah. just say you knocked that out the park. Yeah, so I appreciate that, man. But yeah, that was something I did in partnership with uh, obviously GQ when, when I was with Pinfolds at the time. Uh, something I did, man, and, and, and myself and their longtime PR, uh, PR director and comms lady, Lily Lane, man, we, uh, we just had this beautiful idea of why not celebrate sommeliers in a different way, you know? Right. Why not celebrate sommeliers attire? Because while my attire today is very, very different, you know, I'm a V-neck t-shirt guy and I'll throw a linen dungaree jacket or something like that over this, you know, some kind of fly, but I'm a, I'm, a simple, I'm a simple guy today. But back then I really wanted to highlight whether it was the, the guy or gal wearing chucks with the sleeves rolled up, with the French cuff in the jeans, you know, with some dope socks or no socks and, you know, dope wrist game, dope shirt, or the guy who had, or gal, who had pick stitching and peak lapels and everything was just cut, cut, high armhole, slender arms, man, and just beautiful suits, whether three-piece or two-piece, whether they're wearing a waistcoat, whatever the case may be, man, I wanted to highlight and celebrate all of that because, you know, you, you, you know very well, man, when you step into an event or a gala or a function or as a sommelier, you get on the floor of your restaurant and it's Met Gala weekend and you know these people are coming to your restaurant, man. You right, want to be right. fine. You want to feel good. You want to you be on point so that when they see you, they say this guy or gal pays enough attention or so much attention to themselves to put themselves together in an impeccable way. I have to trust that they've done their wine list like this, their, their food menu like this, mm. uh, the, the, the decor in the restaurant. It's, I think it's attention to detail. And I think attention to detail really shows brilliance. So Definitely, man. Definitely. We, um, we jumped out a little bit, but um, I, I, I always try to introduce my, my hip hop crowd to my wine people by introducing them to their rap spirit animal. So <laughs> if you had to pick a rapper that embodied your style, your, your spirit, your energy, what rapper would you, would you say that is? Well, you won't let me pick two, so I'll pick one. That would yo, be you can pick five, man. We're going to get to the top five question next. <laughs> that, would be, that would be Mr. Andre Lauren Benjamin, mm. a.k.a. Three Stacks, a.k.a. 3,000. AKA Doogie Blossom Gang the Third, AKA. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, it's 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 three stacks, man. It's uh, wow. you know, it's 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 three stacks, man. I don't I don't think for me, man. There's a a, a greater visionary with with music, with fashion, with with film, with his own personal style, and how it's influenced 
over the, I mean, they first dropped their first album in 94 and Goody Mob was right behind them in 95. And when you think about, when you think about Three Stacks, man, he was, he was pulling off Bootsy Collins and, and, and George Clinton type outfits yeah. at a time in the 90s where it wasn't, thankfully we've, we've evolved and you're, you know where I'm about to go. At a, at a time where OG, hard, gangster rap wasn't supposed to see dudes in wigs and dresses and skirts and, and, and blonde boots. hair. <laughs> he boots, but, but he wasn't necessarily that way in, 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 in Southern playlists and kind of like funky music, man. But as, as, as he evolved into ATLNs and Equimini and Stankonia and, and really the love below, man, you saw Andre 3000 become this guy who just embodied like such a cool spirit and a cool energy. And, and, and it's funny. It's funny, man. And I'm not comparing myself to him, but he's a Gemini. And another person we'll talk about later is a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. And whether it means the three of us or any of us are alike, man, I just feel what they feel so much, man. I get where they're coming from, you know? I feel like three stacks, he still doesn't get the credit that he deserves, man. He He's like... Exactly. I was talking with a friend of mine earlier. We always argue about music and we were talking about game changers. And um, to, to my friend's credit, you know, we were going back and forth about Kanye and Outkast, who were bigger game changers. I personally think Kanye was a bigger game changer for different reasons, but he highlighted exactly what you were talking about. Like n people still haven't caught up to Outkast. Like it sounds like space music. You know, like Stanconia <laughs> sounds like space music, straight up and down. Um, but his influence, he told rappers, you could do whatever you want to do and removed all boundaries. And yep. that is such a huge influence that like totally went over my head. So it's funny you just knocked that out the park like that. It was Three Stacks, man. Long live Three Stacks. He's, uh, and, and what he's... The fact that you don't see Three Stacks around today, well, obviously he's got a he's got a, a show on, on television right now. Uh, Jesus, it's on the tip of my tongue. First season just ended. Second season just uh, something nowhere. Something it'll come to me. I, yeah. I, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting to start the second season, man. As this as these last few weeks kind of kind of come to a close, being so busy. But even though you don't see Andre Three Stacks right now. You know, we, 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 I say we as the culture, we used to make fun of Andre Three Stacks by calling him, you know, no IG 3K because he <laughs> never had an Instagram handle. But the beauty of what you would see on Instagram with that hashtag, no IG 3000, is you would see the biggest smiles on the faces of people that would tag a photo with him. And this is over the last, you know, four or five years. The right. photos go back to like 2015 but it's thousands of them. And a lot more are from 18, 19, and a little bit of this year, obviously, pre-COVID. Pre, pre and the, the, the admiration and the adoration of these individuals' faces when they just walk up to him in, in, in Soho and say, hi, Andre, I'd love to have a picture with them. And he smiles at them and puts his arm around them and, and thousands of photos on, on IG with them taking photos with him. People are just so ecstatic to see him. So we haven't really seen Andre 
since he was in, you know, performing in, in Napa at Bottle Rock in 2014. They were kind of doing that tour. But people still love him like they, you know, like his music just dropped last week, you know. And I love that. Yeah. I, I, that says something about his spirit and his soul and his energy. So Favorite Andre verse? Oh, uh, uh, that's, that's tough because it might have to be, it might have to be, would it be, no, not Red Velvet, that's on Stankonia. Outcast with a K, yeah, them killers are hard. Holler at a killer trying to impress God. We pull your whole deck, fuck pulling your card. Still take my guitar and take a walk in the park. Play the sweetest <laughs> melodies the streets ever heard it. Sucking no my nouns and I'm eating it. Verbs getting full like that one. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That, that, that might be the hardest, not might be, that is the hardest three stats verse ever. Mm, mm. ever. You, know, you know what was a sleeper? Just because of like the nature of the track, his verse on the Walk It Out remix. Walk it out like a usher. If you say real talk, I probably won't trust you. If you want to go to war, the gun's my pleasure. Even Jesus had 12 disciples on the level. Trigger, whatever. You don't want now, they get three thousand. I'm like juror duty. You're new to this part of town. Your white tee will to me look like a nightgown. Make your mama proud. Take that thing two sizes down. <laughs> Yo, there, he and remember at that period, he was just going bonkers on people's remixes. Like three stacks. I I'm not gonna front though. My favorite outcast member is Big Boy. You know, uh, just just because I feel like he gets slept on so much. Like like Andre Three Stacks, his style is like it's so obvious how great he is. But Big Boy, his style is so condensed. He has so much going on in, in his bars that it gets missed a lot of times. So I'm I got one for you. Even loving lady sleeping, landmarks of landmark lip glime on your hold on, I messed up. Let me let me let me spit this one again. Even loving lavish leading, ladies leaving landmarks of lemon lime lip gloss on your lavender lapel, leaping lizards. She keep me slizzard. My mind's expanding, ready to rap and snapping, ready to trapping. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and he can rap. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man, that my, my favorite line is, is still cooler than the polar bear's toenails. Oh, oh hell. <laughs> like, damn, man, to be as cold as a polar bear's toe. Like, I remember being a kid and getting out like, fuck, this dude is nasty, man. He, he got it. He got it. Um, all right, yeah, man, man, this is, see, I feel like people know the wine dealing, but they don't get to see, they don't get to hear what's going on with hip hop with you. So yeah. who would you, who would go down? as your top five now and it's crazy because you like met a whole bunch of these dudes that i would imagine would be on your top five um but who would you put on your top five so i think what happens a lot man when people answer this question it's it's like top five lyricists greatest rapper of all time top five mm -hmm. uh greatest impact of all time top five so there are too many like subcategories to talk about who's great if that makes sense so while i do say that 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 andre 3000 is for me the greatest lyricist of all time that is not dissing black thought that is not dissing talib that is not dissing q-tip but for me lyrically 
3000 just has a way with painting a picture through his words and telling a very, he tells stories in prose, in haiku, in afterthought, in forethought, in, in, in experiential type prose. Three Stacks Man just is, is for me, for me, yeah. I, I think he's the greatest lyricist. So with that being out of the way, I mean, who, who, are the, who are my top five just in terms of, of, of this game that we call rap or hip hop, whatever, whatever genre we want to categorize it as? Yeah, so I'm going to consider Outcast one, if that mm-hmm. is okay. Definitely. Because Three Stacks will tell you all the time, yeah, there's no 3K without Big Boy. It's Big true. Boy will tell you all the time, there is no Big Boy without Three Stacks. And you so, can hear it on that Speaker Box Love Below album. You hear really how different their styles are, but how well they complement each other. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so Outcast. I would have to say, uh, Mr. Mr. West. I mean, without without a doubt, Kanye West. People that really know me, they they know, and it and it sometimes pisses them off. They, they know my affinity for for Kanye, another Gemini, a person that I understand, don't always agree with, but 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 understand, feel, I see, I I, I gather his energy. Um, of course. Uh, and that top five would have to be Tupac because while it's very easy to name a few other names, for me, Tupac was very, not influential on me to be a, a thug, but he was very influential with his message to me. You know, 93, 94, 95, you know, that that era, the bit, you know, the first half of 96, if you will. Right because I would listen to his message. I would listen to his me- message about stuff that's happening today, man. <laughs> Come yeah, on. Yeah, seriously. I, I, would, I would listen to Tupac, man, and his delivery was so needed and it was so direct. And the picture that he painted, painted a picture of urgency. So that's what I appreciated about Pac. Now when Pac wilded out, yeah, he wilded out. When he was ambitious as a rider, he was ambitious as a rider. You know, I get all of that. but. His message was so incredible that that Pac had Pac had an influence so quick and so short, like an influence that Michael Jackson built up over you know you know <laughs> right. over a lengthy time. Pac immediately had that, maybe not right. to the scale of MJ, but yeah, yeah, Pac. Uh, someone, and, and this is going to be cliche. If you say Pac, you got to say Biggie, but a lot of people don't. Oh, it's either one or the other, man. But right. lyrically, lyrically, you heard me talk about, you know, Black Thought and Talib and Q-Tip, but, but, but Biggs, man, lyrically, man, was, was right there with them. If they are all 1A, Biggs is 1B. And people might say, no, flip-flop, that Biggs are great. And I'm cool with that. And yeah, man, to be kind of done with the cliche statement, if you will, of the top five is, is Mr. Sean Corey Carter. Because a lot like the way Kanye started with, with college dropout, and now he just dropped washers in the blood. Nothing that he's ever done has been the same. Right. Maybe Jay-Z's first couple albums were kind of the same, but, but you know, when Blueprint dropped, like, it, 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 the sound sonically switched. Yes, Kanye came in. Yes, Timbaland came in. Yes, Pharrell came in and started changing and shaping 
Jay-Z sounds, but then each sound that Jay-Z released was that evolution of sound, an evolution of freestyle, an evolution of rapping and speaking and teaching and preaching. And, and I really love that about, about Jigga, man. Yo, I mean, you can't get any arguments with that with that top five. That was definitely the uh, that was the Mount Rushmore of of hip hop. You got a lot going on. Um, we talked about Stankonia, and you know, on this show, when we're in the same room, it's a lot easier to pair wine with music. But we're all dealing with COVID. You're in Cali. I'm in New York. Um, so I wanted to really talk about a wine topic um so i know you mentioned that you really enjoyed the album stankonia that brought me to um that brought me to wine aromas that's the first thing that i thought about <laughs> not that i mean uh you know no one's gonna use stankonia as a tasting note but um it's one of those areas that can be difficult for people to grasp how to really identify the aroma that they're smelling like wine is um is something that you can enjoy on so many levels you can enjoy it visually you can enjoy the smell you can enjoy the taste um but i found that when i was first getting into wine it was very difficult for me to identify exactly what it is i was smelling now what tips would you have for the the young Jermaines and the young Dylans coming up listening to wine and hip hop, um, what where would you tell them to start so that they can start to grow their nose in that way? Yeah, so that's that's something that that I think we're all still trying to figure out, and I'll say that <laughs> because you know the fact that that I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for me. The fact that I didn't grow up in a household that had a cellar or parents weren't buying wine, you know, every other night, once a week, weren't even buying bottles of wine once a year to open and have at the table for us to put our nose in the glass as teenagers or whatever and look for aromas. You know, the best thing to do for young Jermaine's and young D. Lynn's is to, is to get into the industry, you know, uh, surround yourself with 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 folks in restaurants once we get back to normalcy. Surround yourself uh, if you can with with winemakers, with with uh, farmers of grapes, man, and just kind of surround yourself with people that 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 really drink wine because you can read on a sheet of paper that Cabernet has currants and plums and leather and cigar box tobacco. Yeah, but unless you actually get with an OG Jermaine or an OG <laughs> D. Lynn and, and pull on that coattail and ask those questions, reading a tasting note is not going to help you. Now, let me, let me also say this. I'm not saying that education on paper in a book that you can read is not paramount because we both know it is absolutely paramount. But I really want what's on paper and what's on a book and what's on a screen in front of you to teach you about region and history and, and all the wars and, and the, the popes and the kings and the Gauls and the conquering of all of these regions and Napoleon III, hell, Napoleon I. I want those books and, 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 and presentations to teach you that. 
but the only way to really understand what the nose of wine is like is to be around someone that is drinking said wine. So when you both hold that same glass, they can say, that's what it is. And my analogy, man, is I can watch YouTube videos all day on how to go to the batting cage and, and line my elbow up with my eye, make sure my stance is good, my back is in a certain position, and watch the ball. But until I stand next to you, Jermaine Stone, and we're both in the batting cage, and you lift my elbow, and you turn my body, and you adjust the bat, and you're like, no, you need to dip your right knee in. You need to dip your left knee in. Watch the pitch. Then I'll understand how to hit fastballs. That makes sense? 150%. We try, uh, I mean, it looks like there's gonna be a lot more OGs around. Um, this is a great segue for um, your new venture, Wine Unified. That's it. Now, it's been a lot of smoke going on on the internet, man. It's the past. I stay away from the smoke, man. Yeah, I stay away from the smoke. You, you, you and me both, my brother. And I like what you did, which was simply just going to action. Now, can you tell us a little bit about Wine Unified? Yeah, so I'll put it in, I'll give you, I'll give you speak that, that everybody will understand, and then I'll right. give you the actual mission, if that makes sense. At the end of the day, we need to be able to, we need to be able to point to the door, find individuals and grab their hands, walk them to the door. We need to be able to open that door, walk all of them in the door with us, and then start introducing them to everybody that is inside that door. You just pull them through to meet. And once you pull these individuals through that door and start introducing them, you uplift these individuals. And while uplifting these individuals, then you can hopefully place these individuals that you have ushered in and uplifted. You, you, you get what I'm throwing down? Absolutely, absolutely. So no. we, want, we want to welcome we want to amplify and we want to elevate, man. It's all about bringing uh, black men and black women, uh, indigenous peoples, obviously people of color into this beautiful industry to be sommeliers and wine writers and grape farmers or beer brewers, uh, winemakers. We want you to be director, directors of operations for the St. Regis in Bali. We want you to have so many different options through beverage and hospitality that, that we want you to be Thomas Keller's wine director. We want you to do all of these things, man. Right. But, but we also want to give you a little bit of a financial assistance if you need it through, uh, by applying through uh, the scholarships and awards and writing 500 word essays with letters of recommendations and, and getting you set to take your level one WSCT, your levels two and three WSCT. But, but we just can't say this is what's out there. Right. I gotta say, hey guys, you see that door? I'm going to grab your hand and bring you through the door, but I'm going to open the door for you. We're all going to go in. I'm going to start introducing you to everybody. If you need something, yeah, we're going to make sure you have it. If you need some access, we're going to make sure you have it. And then we're going to amplify and elevate you. We want to hear your voice as you're learning and growing and becoming great. Right, you know, right. We want to hear your voice and we're going to, we're going to put you on, if you will, in a good way. Oh my, just got a New York Times article. Boom, here you go. Yeah. I'm not saying I put on Julia Coney. She's my homie. That's <laughs> the most recent that has come out, New York Times. But 
oh wow, great, write up in this, this magazine. Let's make sure we amplify you. Let's make sure everybody else knows in a positive way that you came through the door and you were determined and you rocked it. And guess what? You're seeing a little bit of success. We want other people to now see that success. Mm. That makes sense? There's something about seeing someone that looks like you win. Like one of the, um, you know, for me, for a long time, I was in the wine industry for probably, I'd say seven years before I thought I could have a long-term career there. I was, I just, yeah, yep. I, I was at Zachy's and, you know, I ended up doing, I'm saying it like it's a jail bid. <laughs> I, was, I, ended up, I was there, I was there for nine and a half years. It was nothing like that. I had a great time working there. Of like, let me know. <laughs> great, great shout out to Zachy's, man. Great yeah. folks, man. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I loved it there. I, you know, I became a man there, but, um, and it was nothing that they were doing. I just, because I didn't see anyone that looked like me in any of the positions that I thought fit me, um, I didn't even aspire to it. Uh, when I started auctioneering, I remember, because um, I was like a pretty well-liked guy, funny, dressed well, um, and Don Zachariah, he, he was the one that asked me to start auctioneering. He was like, yo, I think you should do this. You know, people will probably want to see you up there. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's for me. But I told myself no. Even with, with the guy telling me this is what he, he was like blown away. Like, seriously, why wouldn't you want to do this? But I was like shy. I was afraid of the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, and I had not seen, I, I had never seen a black wine auctioneer, you know? So I didn't want to go up there and be some novelty or something like that. But, um, you know, fast forward, it was the people in the wine community that really cheered me on and kind of gave me the confidence to do it. Someone who I will always give a lot of credit is Levy Dalton. Levy was like, yo, lean into it, you know, lean in. I know you might not feel come because probably I'd say like my first four, um, my first four auctions sucked. I was horrible. <laughs> I was struggling. I, I, I didn't feel comfortable. And, um, you know, I checked in with him. We were talking and he was just like, you should lean into who you are. Like, don't try to be Fritz. Don't try to be Ursula. Be Jermaine. And be Jermaine. After, after that, like one of my friends told me, pretend like you're on stage rapping. And after that, it was over. I was out of here. And um, I think that what you guys have put together is so important because you're actually seeing people in action that look like you do what it is you want to do. The other thing is there are so many different branches on this wine tree. Um, you don't know what part of the industry you want to get into. Yep. So a program like this, like this is what, you know, a big part of my mission is, is to try to help is to try to show people that this part of the wine industry exists you can do it too. And the community is so vast that you really don't know where you're going to fit in. You just got to jump in the pool and start swimming. Yeah. So I think that what you're doing is really great. Obviously, if there is anything at all that I can do to assist, please don't hesitate. You already know it's done. 
Um, but that is really cool, man. I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing what's next. Now, I know the the viewers would kill me if I did not talk about uncorked, man. First of all, let's just do this real quick. Let's get that out of the way. Because you want to talk about game changers. Yo, I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. I welled up a little bit watching the movie, you know, because my mom passed away from cancer. Like I related to him a lot, um, just looking at how his dad was uh, was against him getting into wine and how his family kind of didn't really understand that. Now, I didn't have his passion. I just wanted to make my own way. And yeah. when he said that, I was like, fuck, this motherfucker just like took the words out of my mouth. My dad had a welding company and he built it up to be a family business. It's such a relatable story, but I love the fact that it's a black story, but it's not, it's a, it's a middle-class family. They're not like in the hood, but they're not wealthy. It's just, it, it is a extremely relatable story from whatever walk of life you're coming from. Um, but it still kept the hood shit in there, which I really appreciate. <laughs> like, you had um, Hit Boy also, like, doing the music. I mean, yep. you knocked it out of the park, man. So congratulations. Um, I appreciate that. I will are, say, mm -hmm. I will say, hey, look, I, 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 was, a, I was fortunate that, that, that it was told in part about me, of course, but it, it's, really, it's really big kudos to my brother, Datari, who, you know, who put the whole thing together with Prentice, man. Prentice wrote and directed Prentice Penny, and, and my brother introduced me to Prentice around, around 2015. And, mm -hmm. and my brother was surprised when him and Prentice were talking about it. My brother Datari was like, yo, that sound like my little brother, man. <laughs> like, what is, this, like what, what is this? What is this script you just wrote, man? Like, and Prentice was like, yeah, D Land's your brother? And it, it was just, it was, it was just, it was crazy because Prentice, you know, all the great work he had done on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and all the stuff he was doing, girlfriends, blah, 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 was, was like, you know, started going to wine classes after he saw me in Psalm, you know, and after he saw Psalm, period, but he saw a brother in Psalm. Prentice was like, yo. And yeah, yeah, we, we, he had written the script and, you know, kind of gave me, you know, the ability to edit and tweak and rewrite and change and no, make this more wine-like. But I also had to make some things less wine-like because you and I both know just because we start studying wine right now and we take thousands of pages of notes, we're probably not gonna necessarily pronounce coat roti right. right. We're probably not gonna pronounce smarog for Gruneveltliner or Riesling from Austria correctly. Right. We're probably going to accidentally write down that amongst all of our notes and Googling and books from Jancis Robinson and, and Hugh Johnson and everyone, oh, Los Carneros must be in Spain as a viticultural region because that's what it's, oh, my, I mixed up my notes. So for all the haters that were like, oh, Carneros is not an ABA in France, guys, you missed the point. <laughs> all the haters was like, oh, you can't become this in two hours or three weeks. Guys, you missed the point. You missed the point of an individual 
not wanting to, to be in the barbecue business necessarily like his dad. You miss the fact that there is some type of generational wealth being handed down. You miss the fact that black families also eat together at the table together. You miss the fact that you can have a pretty good home if you have a, a, a great job and you own your own business. Like y'all miss the facts to tell me that, that this AVA is not in France because it's an AVA. Like, no shit, dude. You think I don't know that? Y'all are missing this, man. You're missing the fact that this guy is taking notes and trying to learn everything he can. So he's not going to do it perfectly or say it perfectly. He's going to figure it out. So that's for all the haters out there, man. But much love to Prentice Penny. Much love to my big bro, Datari, man, and everybody else involved. Obviously, Nisi and, and Courtney B. Vance and and Mamadou Ache and Sasha and, and like everybody, man. Just such such big shouts. Hit boy. And, yeah, man. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there, man. Nah, that was the movie. It, it really moved me. Um, like I said, I related on to it on a lot of different levels. Um, it, it was really cool. Like, what was it like for you when it started to really hit and trend on Netflix? Like, what, what were you saying to yourself? Hey, man, I, I was saying that I hope people uh, <clears throat> that, that, that look like me, that look like us, I hope people that, you know, coming out of high school, going to college or coming out of college and going into their their grown life, their adult life, their manhood, their womanhood, they say, wow, I can actually drink wine, enjoy it. I can save some money up and go to France. I can save some money up and go to, go to Italy, go to Spain. I can make a career of this. I could enjoy this. And no, it's not just for, uh, um, and, and I'm gonna be quite frank, wine is just not for white folks. Mm. Now, we understand the European connotations of wine. Come on, we get that, man. Like, hello, it's all good. But, <laughs> but, but not only white folks, white, white folks aren't the only folks that can go to La Bernadette and go to, go to Per Se and go to, you know, Eleven Madison and go to the French Laundry and come to Napa and fly to Charles de Gaulle and drive to Chablis and take the train to Champagne. Like, mm. guess what, folks? We can do that too. We should yeah, be yeah. doing that. We should experience the same amazing and wonderful and incredible life and be able to share pictures of, of time in Provence and the Alps and the Pyrenees and at the greatest restaurants in Paris and the greatest, you know, places around the world. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, this thing right here is not necessarily something that our very small 13% of the American population being black Americans, that's all we represent here is 13%. That's just not in the, in the periphery of what we do day to day. It's not in the periphery of what our parents do day to day as they're busting their butts with, with two jobs and trying to open businesses or starting businesses or working at the post office for 35 years. And right. you know, that's, that's not what's in our lexicon. So this needs to be in our lexicon. That's all I'm trying to say. I, I feel you, man. That, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Like, you know, and I try to tell people, just because you like wine doesn't mean you need to get a job in it or become a blogger. <laughs> like, you can just really enjoy wine. Like, it can be a legit hobby. Um, so I love where we are as a culture. Uh, I love where we're going. 
I love to see what you're doing. And I mean, I'm excited for the future, man. I see what we're going onward and upward. Yeah. Um, Big shout. What do you see? uh, What do you think is next? There's a lot. Our industry is transforming. It's transformed from, I mean, leaps and bounds from, from when you started, right? Like it used to be white tablecloth service, everything, Bordeaux from the eighties, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, we got to keep the Bordeaux from the eighties. So we'll oh, no, no. Nah, nah. we, we keeping that. We keeping that. <laughs> we keeping that. But people have expanded their, their palates a little bit. And look, look, listen to how fucked up I sound. I'm saying Bordeaux from the eighties. That's not where a lot of people started out drinking. So, <laughs> and when I think, I know, th- listen, I got a twisted wine education, man. Like, I started there and worked my way backwards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, you know, it's transitioned from that um, white tablecloth service sort of industry to now, I don't know, it kind of feels like we're figuring out what it is we're doing. Um, yeah. When do you think that transition took place? Can you like identify like one thing that stood out to you that says, I said, whoa, things are changing? Uh, probably 2015, man, probably five years ago. Why seeing more of us? Simple as that. Mm. Um, you know, seeing more of us in restaurants, seeing more of us as, 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 you know, GMs in, in restaurants or as floor managers in restaurants and seeing more of us on the distribution side, seeing more of us selling wine and selling spirits at companies like Gallo. Uh, seeing more of us at, at all the other great distributors out there selling wine and going into restaurants and saying, hey, I'd love to give you knowledge about this particular, this particular wine, this particular group of beverages or distilled spirits or mixers. I, I really started to see that more around 2015. Not to say it didn't exist 10, 11, 12, 13. Of course, you know, I was in a fortunate position with, with pinfolds where I was flying all over the world. I did that from shoot 2010 until 2017. And, and obviously don't see much of us in, on, the, on, the, on the Asian side, you know, in, in Shanghai and Beijing and, you know, Singapore, Southeast Asia, stuff like that. But traveling around to all the major markets in the US and, and Canada and, and of course, Latin America, man. Yeah, I saw that shift of more people that looked like us and even more minorities, man, just kind of, kind of doing their thing, man, supplier side, distribution side. I would see more, you know, managers and GMs that were brothers and sisters, man. And it was like, it was becoming really dope. So mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that shift about five years ago. Yeah, man, that that's about right. Yeah, shit's going down. I'm I'm excited for the change. I'm here for it. Um, but but uh, I, I didn't, answer, that. I mm-hmm. didn't answer what I want to see though. Mm. I want to see general sales managers of distributors and, and suppliers that are minority. I want to see owners of large suppliers and large distributors that are minority. I want to see more owners of restaurants that, that are on the Michelin watch list that are, are, are black men and black women. I want to see more wineries around Washington and Oregon and Texas and California and New York State and, and wineries around the world, you know, Latour, Mouton, Vegas, Sicilia, you name it, that have brothers and sisters that are 
leaders and directors and executives and GMs and, 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 and senior vice presidents. That's what I want to see. I want to see more Michelin, three Michelin wine directors that are, that are, you know, brothers and sisters, man. Like we will get there. So simple as that. You know, I, I think that I agree with you. I want to see more brothers and sisters up in there. And um, I'm glad that the dealings of the world are out there to help and foster that. Um, really quick, how can people get in touch with you? Um, with, if people want more information on Wine Unified, where should they go? Yes, yes. So if you want more, I'll, I'll give you two sides to that. I'll give you the Wine Unified piece and of course the DLIN piece. Uh, more information about, about this beautiful nonprofit that me and two incredible uh, friends and, 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 and colleagues in this industry, also co-founders with me, uh, Martin Reyes, he's a master of wine, and, and Mary Margaret Mechanic, she's a master of wine. Three of us co-founded this wonderful, this wonderful organization. Just look us up at wineunify.org. Real simple, wineunify.org. And uh, yeah, you'll see everything that you that 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 you need to see or have questions about on, on the website. And of course, for those that want to reach out to me, yeah, man, just dlin at Fantesca. Man. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> very fortunate to be perched up on Spring Mountain. I'm currently in Dlin's den right now, man, sipping some of my Fantesca wines. But yeah, just hit me at dlin at Fantesca, and and people that that know me, they know I always reply back, man, whether it's a, a message, an email, a text, I, 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 I try to be as quick as I can to reach out and show love and, and you know, any questions, try my best to answer. But, but yeah, man, like I say, man, we are uh, you know, fortunate to be doing great work here at Fantastic Man on Spring Mountain, making yeah. incredible wines, so. Dude, man, I got nothing but love and respect for you, bro. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, if there's ever anything I can assist with, you know how to reach me, man. I'm here for you. Um, but Thanks. thank you for coming on the show, man. This was dope. You know, I'm, I've, it's been a long time coming. You might be our most requested guest. No. <laughs> Yo, dude, people been asking, man. The streets wanted to know that spirit animal question. The streets wanted to know. <laughs> so Reach that. <laughs> So I'm um, behind three stacks is yay. It's what it is. Yeah, man. Like shit, man. You know, look, game changer. The guy has he has the Midas touch right now. Look what he did to Gap. He's had the Midas touch since pretty much 2000. So yeah. yeah. Since blueprint. Blueprint yeah. was was that one, man. Shit, yeah. we could we could talk about that blueprint. When we do the, the interview or we when we get up in person, we'll talk about blueprint, man. That yeah, we and we we can also talk about his joint, uh, obviously blueprint, but with with, with Scarface. Whew. Yeah. Guess who's Bizak? No, 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 no. Uh, when I woke up this morning, got a phone call from one of my nicks at my oh. home. Reese, he just lost one of his kids. Yeah. But when I heard that, I just broke into tears. Yeah. I seen the second hand. <laughs> you don't really know how this is. Yo, yeah, I, I was doing a, a wine and hip hop pairing um, yesterday, actually, and I used Guess Who's Bizak, but I'd gone through all the, it was like for Houston, so I wanted to use a Houston artist, and um, 
and it needed to be like some Houston, New York stuff. So I was going yeah. through all this coincidentally yesterday, going through all the Scarface and Jay Z joints. Yeah. Just so hilarious, man. Face, man. Face, get well out there, man. I know oh. face, uh, Yo, my heart dropped when I heard what he was going through and how serious it is. Like he's still going through it right now. Yeah. It's it's serious shit, man. Can I tell you a quick story before we run, man? Please, it's real man. Quick. Yo, we got all the time in the world. I was trying not to take up too much of your time. <laughs> it's real quick, and it really doesn't have a, a, a point to it. Yeah. But, you know, I spent so much time in airports, man. I was, um, I was, I was literally in, 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 where was I? Chicago airport, man. I was at O'Hare. And it was just one of those mornings where, O'Hare wasn't as busy as it normally is. It was just kind of that hour and it was real chill. And I see Scarface and who I assume, uh, probably his business partner, business manager, uh, maybe his best friend, I don't know, white dude, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And they're walking toward me and I, I'm, I'm saying to myself, that's Scarface, right? Right? And I'm, I'm giddy like a little kid, man. It might as well be, it might as well be, I don't know, the most famous person that ever walked the planet, Scarface. Right. And as he gets closer to me, man, I just kind of turn to him with this beautiful type of humility. I'm like, Brad, Brad, love you, man. You're a legend. I just kept saying, you're a legend, you're a legend, <laughs> love you, man. And he, he looked and then he was like, and the, and the guy that was with him was like, yeah, and he was passing. I just kind of put my, my hand on his shoulder and tapped him. He didn't feel any, like threatened or anything. And I just kept saying, Brad, like, love you, man. You're a legend. Scarface. And it was, and that was it. That was it. I didn't say, hey, I'm D. I didn't say any of yeah. that. It was just this, this beautiful passing. And as he's passing me, turning. And, and, and he, he paid attention and he listened. And that, that's, that's it. Like I say, no point to the story, but that's the only time I've ever, ever seen Scarface, man. The only time I, I've seen face, as we call him, man, Mr. Brad Jordan. So, yeah. Man, I can I can imagine like cause see you got you got that look. Like there's times when I'm walking down the street and pe I, people like kind of stare at me. They hey, I seen you somewhere, like, but you got that you look famous look <laughs> and you've been in movies. <laughs> like I got that you kind of look like somebody, then they might think I'm like Michael Vick or some shit. That's happened, you know, a ton of times. <laughs> But you have legit been in movies and look famous. Now, <laughs> have, um, have you ever been like stopped by someone that you were a fan of? Yeah, man. So yes, yes, and that's that's, <laughs> that's the weird and, and 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 the way I answer this will sound weird because I definitely am not one to pat myself on the back or think I'm anything. Right. Yeah, man. It's happened. A whole bunch of times, man, whether it's, you know, the former CEO of DreamWorks, uh, whether it's, you know, athletes, whether it's, you know, rappers, I mean, straight up, or whether it's like, you know, political figures, like, wow. hi, sir, I think I, are you, are you Dylan? Is what they say, Dylan. <laughs> so, yeah, man, just is bananas, man. Yeah. Better than be called Dylan. <laughs> I was thinking that was gonna be your top five: Dylan, 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 and Dylan. <laughs> oh man! Nah, dude. Yo, 
thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Um, this has been great. Please, man, keep well, in touch. Um, and good luck with everything, brother. You're doing your thing out here, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate All right, that. Man. All right, take care. This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop, brought to you by Crew Love.